We're live. police officers came out right after that got on their knees and saluted to black lives matter so it's totally okay welcome back beautiful and amazing human beings my name is zirkadowski here of we are change.org and we have a packed house for you today stephanie tried to get the cameras all around here as of course we have a lot of incredible people for some really incredible news out of argentina there's also a lot of crazy foreign policy news there's a lot of domestic news we're gonna get into all of that plus a lot more for the next two hours here on youtube.com forward slash we are changed and then that conversation will get a little bit spicier specifically on rumble.com forward slash we are changed where you the viewer will actually be able to call in as, of course, we will be taking your questions as members of LukeUnfiltered.com get to join a special Telegram group. That Telegram group gets, of course, the ability to call into the show at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Any Super Chats will, of course, be addressed, and we have a lot to talk about. So strap in. We're going to be here for the next two hours. Share this video with your friends and family members as, of course, we have the crazy news Arv out of... Argentina, and to talk about that are some people who actually know a lot about it, a lot more than me and Clint do, and that, of course, is Mr. Esteban. Mr. Esteban, who are you, and how would you introduce yourself for the people who don't know you? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I'm the, ed the editor-in-chief of uh, a media outlet called Contrapoder News. I'm also the host of uh, a podcast, we could call it that, uh, called Contrapoder 3.0, and another one, like Hero, Hero La Derecha, so that's basically me. Sweet. Martha Bueno's here, too. She won't leave. She was here since the last time she was on here, and uh, we just can't get rid of her. So, um, Martha, who are you? Wow. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I am the CEO of Argood, a nano emulsified chewable tablet, a Delta 8 chewable tablet, and also just a political commentator and in the first candidate in the United States to run a political campaign on OnlyFans. Clint <laughs> is hiding in the corner. What are you, Sneeko Clint? Oh, gosh, if only. He seems pretty cool. His life is fun. Uh, now, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host of Tower Gang, and co-host of this fine program, a.k.a. TheBestPoliticalShow.com. Uh, make sure you leave a comment down below, hit that subscription button, and uh, hit that like button for us while you're at it. Thank you. Great website name that actually Stephanie thought of. Steph, who are you? I'm Steph. We are change on Insta.
Eh, está emocionada. ¿no? Político, social y económico. Eh, con el anuncio reciente de... Sí. De la Argentina es responsable. So yeah, not a lot of people happy uh, and some people really happy. Esteban, uh, I want to first go to you because you have a, a depth of knowledge in this entire field that we do not have here. What do you make of this victory? I'm personally surprised. Are you? I'm not that surprised. Like if you follow politics in, in Argentina, you realize that Javier Milei is kind of this uh, political phenomenon, you know, that, that, that was actually growing. Um, he started as, as a, somebody from the academia. Like, he wasn't well-known. Then he started doing interviews. When he started, uh, like, that role, he became this character that was actually kind of, how would you say, a kicking, you know, or, or punching the leftists. I, I mean, not, not literally, but basically he would tell them to their face that they are thieves, that they are, uh, he called them la casta política. A lot the of political case. Yeah. A lot of people say um, that, that he's a populist because of the way that he's doing uh, politics. I don't have an issue with that term, to be honest. Uh, he divided uh, Argentina into classes, but in his case, he, he didn't do it like by social classes or by race or by gender or any of those things that the left usually does. He actually said, I mean, there is a political class that is taking the money from you, that is uh, corrupted, that is doing everything just to ruin the country. And it's us, the people, the victims of uh, the political class. That speech um, had a lot of, of effect on the population because uh, el kirchnerismo, which is uh, this extreme political left uh, ideology, they have been governing Argentina. I, I mean, Nestor Kirchner was president for two terms, then Cristina Kirchner for two terms, then Alberto Fernández, who is the current president, and Cristina Kirchner is the vice president. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's, he's been there also for like four years. So they've been under this political model for quite a bit, uh, only during my... Is that, is that Macri. 20 years? No, no, I, I wouldn't say it's 20... It is almost 20 years. It's okay. not 20 years, but almost 20 Close, years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, there was also a period of four years uh, where Mauricio Macri was president. He was kind of different. He wasn't that different, to be honest. But at least he was more, let's say, democratic. So, um, I mean, they, they, they were in there, like, for those 20 years, like, without any interruption, that, that interruption happened. But eventually people realized that the political class didn't have any answers for them. And that's why Millet became this uh, huge uh, character, this huge personality that was able to connect with the people that are usually those who vote for, for the left. I don't know if you guys know, but the voting age in Argentina is 16. It's mm. not 18, it's 16. And it was, this was a policy that was promoted and implemented by El Kirchnerismo. Their logic was actually really good and brilliant for the bad, but it was brilliant. Uh, they said, I mean, young people always vote for the left. Let's actually make it legal for them to vote, and that way we're never going to lose another election. <laughs> or it's going to be harder. Well, Milei became the, uh, I would say, the main leader of the young people, uh, of the working class, of basically, you know, the, th those votes that the left is always bragging about having. That didn't happen in Argentina. I, I have a quick question for you because I'm totally mystified as to 
you know, I, I understand that the financial pain usually usually catalyzes a a big shift in the electorate. Um, but what was it that made kind of this Austrian economics libertarian argumentation viable? To, is there is there some sort of education in that regard in academia? No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't say it's education. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that that are trying to spread these ideas from academia and whatever you. It, like in politics, in the media, but it's not the majority. Argentina suffers uh, from the same evil that the U.S. is suffering right now and even other countries like like my own, like Venezuela. Academia is mostly taken uh, by the left. It, it was actually this need of finding solutions, you know, to the hyperinflation that, that they that they have or to other, like, like problems. Also, there, there is a growing, um, like, safety issues uh, in Argentina. And just like in Venezuela, with the only difference that obviously Milei is proposing it to do it in a more institutional way, people started saving in, in dollars. Like they realized, I mean, if I save in, in pesos, my savings are just going to be nothing. So uh, I, I think the whole situation and having a guy who's actually telling them, okay, my proposal is that you can save in dollars and it's... Basically, the whole economy is going to be based on, uh, in, on, on on this currency that, whether we would like it or not, is more like way stronger than any right. coin, any currency in Latin America. So I think that's why he, he connected. He actually listened to the people. Again, he's not from the political class. So maybe the struggles that the people were having, like he saw them and he was just amazing at putting that into a political message. Yeah, so, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of different things that are going to happen uh, for his presidency if he's going to be able to, of course, get into that political office because there's a, a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of people doubting him. There's a lot of people saying he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I want to get into all of that. Martha, you were telling me he's probably going to win. There was a lot of people online saying, hey, he's not going to win. Uh, what's your reaction to all of this? As of course, you pretty much were, were telling me, like, yeah, he, he's pretty much going to get this, and he did. I was convinced he was going to get it because the third candidate, the second, the third runner-up, uh, this was a runoff election between Sergio Massa and Javier Milei. There was a third candidate, Patricia Bullrich, who um, in the election, the, the votes were split three ways. Uh, Massa is an extreme leftist, whereas Patricia is on the right and Milei is a libertarian. So when Patricia was, you know, ousted from the race because she didn't, she got the third highest vote count, um, she endorsed Milei. And so that, I think, sealed his fate for the win. And what is my reaction? I am over the moon. Um, I've said it the last time, and I'll say it again. Any political candidate has the opportunity or, you know, I, I always hold them uh, to what they said. And I hope to see that everything that he proposes, he actually lives up to. But with that said, the fact that we finally have somebody with the bully pulpit being able to convey these libertarian ideas, be able to talk about the problems in his country and that are created by the political case uh, system, which is something that I think we would benefit from in this country too. We have the same problems. We have a political case that, um, you know, they, they do the things that benefit them and don't benefit us. So being able to have somebody in that position, being able to speak out, I think it's all good. Is he all 100% good? Am I going to, you know, think that this is it and Argentina is going to be back to the number one country, the, the best uh, fiscal, you know, whatever country in the world? Probably not. It's probably going to take a while. They were uh, the richest country in the world at some point. Hopefully they make it there again. Although that kind of would screw us over. So. Yeah, let's not bring them back to the 1940s, if you know what I mean here. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting history in Argentina. We got uh, a couple super chats here. We got one rumble rant by 
Anne Osois, who says, I'm just here to give you money. Thank you. And so, Nominus, I uh, appreciate that very much. We got another super chat by Spider Lamp saying, can we borrow your voting machines, please? We got a couple of states that could use them. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say that. Uh, very good super chat there, Spider Lamp, as, of course, a lot of people question the election results here inside of the United States. Al Gore did it. Hillary Clinton did it. Donald Trump did it and got in trouble for it uh, for some strange reason. He wasn't allowed to do that. But when it comes to the elections, I think it's it's fair to say that the elections weren't even close in Argentina, specifically this time around. The first time around before the runoff, they were. But I think having such an overwhelming amount of support didn't allow them to kind of cheat the system. But are you guys familiar to, to how they actually did the voting there and why weren't they able to, to kind of steal it or manipulate it or to, as the corporate media says, fortify the elections like they did here in the United States? Yes, they, they weren't able to do it because Mauricio Macri and Patricia Bullrich, which is like the, the, the other candidate that Martha was mentioning, they kind of gave him the full support that also included, um, they, they call poll them fiscales. Yeah, yeah. they call watchers. them Yeah, that, that, that's what it is. And so, paper ballots. We that's cannot another thing. overemphasize how important paper ballots are. Yes. So w when you put all of that together, I mean, they, they can still do uh, electoral fraud, even with paper ballots. Right. They actually they tried. tried to do it in the, in the first round. And I think this time it, it was more difficult because they were more organized. Again, it was like this political platform that, that is huge. I'm not talking about La Libertad Avanza, but about Juntos por el Cambio, which is uh, Mauricio Macri's uh, platform. And they gave him the full support, including those people like watching over the elections. And their system is kind of interesting. They like you don't have to to fill any any circle or, or or any name or anything. You go to the to the to the place like to the ballot, and they just have papers with the faces of the candidates. <laughs> and you take the one that you're voting for. You put it in an envelope, and then you put that envelope in the in the box. Awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of different than what we're used to. Uh, sometimes uh, that is used to... So you're saying that they have racist have voter ID laws in Argentina <laughs> that discriminate and hate people. How dare those bigots. They, they don't uh, call it a racist policy. They actually say, I mean, you're showing that you're, you are who you say you are. Well, that's pretty racist but, of them not yeah. to call it racist. Yeah. <laughs> Hateful, bigoted but, Argentinians. But the issue is that sometimes, uh, because of that system, you see people that take like the ballots of the opposite team and they just throw it away. So when, let's say that I wanted to vote for Millet, um, when I go, oh, there is no anything like for me, there is no way for me to vote for Millet. So you have to tell the people, but you cannot tell them which ballot you're missing. You have to say, hey, you need to refill the ballots. If you tell them, uh, I'm missing the ballots of, of Javier Millet, they're going to be like, oh no, you cannot vote anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's kind of tricky the way like the, to do it. It's not impossible to do an electoral fraud there, but it is a little bit hard. Is there is there any potential for civil strife for those that were supporting Massa and the and the more I don't know status approach? What do you mean, like protests in the streets? And yeah, like uh, that is uh, happening already. Okay, okay. So <laughs> and there was a guy who was uh, like assassinated like today, I believe, uh, because they, they they just said that the message that, that the killers I, I don't think they have found the, the the guilty person, but they said um, this is gonna keep happening after Milay won. Wow. So, yeah. Assassinations? I mean, yeah. They're just killing on the streets. Do you know who, who it was that was No, no, we don't know. We, we, no, no, it was just somebody random on the streets. Like, oh, okay. That went after like, who specifically? No, he's, mean, he's saying they he don't know. He was just supporting. Yeah, yeah he was Got just... Got it. 
Well, Latin America, uh, you know, it doesn't really shy away from violence and has a lot of history within it. But for, for me, looking at this whole kind of picture, I'm kind of excited for, for Argentina. You always hear about how beautiful Argentina is. You always hear how smart the people are, how great the stakes are, how great the culture is. And they've been plagued by just horrible central banking policies that have been just printing money out of thin air, have been destroying their way of life. And now to have someone come in and say, I'm just, I'm just going to upend everything. I'm going to get rid of the, the Central Bank of Argentina is a very big, bold move that is definitely going to have a lot of different changes for the people of Argentina. What do you, I, I, that's, for, that's one thing that I'm personally excited about. We got a lot of videos that I want to show you guys of, of what Melee is talking about, what he's promising. But what about you guys? What are you guys most excited for what he is going to be doing as president of Argentina? You first. I mean, to, to <laughs> me, the first thing is the economic approach. Uh, in Latin America, and I understand there's a lot of criticism of saying, ah, you don't have to use the dollar, maybe there's a, a better way. doesn't matter. In Latin America, using the dollar is like, I don't know, using Bitcoin here or, or, or something else. Um, so the fact that he's trying to take, oh, I think he's going to do it. I'm, I'm confident that he's going to do it. He's going to take that power of the government of, of you know, printing money and basically eating the savings of, of, of the people. I think that's, that is going to be his most, even if he doesn't do anything else, that is going to be his legacy. We have other examples in Latin America, like Ecuador, like Panama, like El Salvador, where at least in that sense, like those countries don't suffer from the same crisis that we see in Argentina or in Venezuela, where inflation, I mean, at some point, inflation in Venezuela was 20,000%. So Exactly. So that, that what was the inflation in Argentina? Because I right know inflation now, it was pretty huge too. The official numbers is 140. You know that. But the official numbers are full of crap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's probably it's probably 500 or maybe even more. Um, but I mean, if he's able to fix that, Argentinians are going to have a better standard of life. Like, and it's going to be something that is lasting. Yeah, there's so. already a black market for a dollar trade for the yes. local currency there that, of course, is far different than the official currency and the official trade, just like in uh, Venezuela. When I landed in Venezuela, literally, I gave a guy, uh, you know, behind backdoor deals, like secretly a hundred bucks, and he gave me a suitcase filled with cash. <laughs> and I was literally bawling with like huge wads of cash down in my pants that, uh, you know, if I was going to ever get robbed. Did you feel rich? Uh, hell no. I, I had to watch my back <laughs> All the time. As soon as I got out of the airport, I took out my cell phone, and these kind of uh, anarchist gangbangers that we hired as private security freaked out, and they grabbed my phone. They're like, "What are you doing? You do mm -hmm. not take your phone out here at the airport." As literally hours uh, before I went out of that airport, I heard gunshots, and those gunshots were uh, an Egyptian tourist that just walked out. Literally, someone tried to grab his bag. He resisted. Bomb. Boom. He's 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 gone, and uh, he he passed away. So people don't understand just how rough and crazy things get, especially during um, economic turbulence. But my time in, uh, in, in Venezuela really was eye-opening. My time in, in Zimbabwe was also very uh, eye-opening. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just be a little frank here. When we went to um, the... How, how do you say this? Um, um, Strip clubs. I'll just say it. When we went to the strip clubs in Venezuela, we made it rain like it never rained before. <laughs> but that, that that wasn't because we had a lot of money. That was because of the hyperinflation that happened in that country that just absolutely wrecked havoc on the local populations there. And now we have Javier Milley making sure that those um, 
you know, strippers are going to get rained on a little bit less as the currency is <laughs> probably going to be a little bit more valuable now. And to, to give people a, an understanding of the inflationary rate, uh, 140% would mean that if you have a, an item that you're purchasing for $10, 12 months later, it would be $24. He's Harvey so, dancing. And, and that's... What is he saying here? Translate if you can for us. He's just pumping his hands. He's <laughs> pumping his hands, <laughs> yeah, going crazy. He say no, 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 but he does say something. I don't know why we're, we're dealing with the slow internet speeds. We got some good internet speed here. Uh, but he says something uh, to the effect, uh, he says, Mierda and Libertad or, or something like that. Probably Viva la Libertad, carajo, maybe. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Give me the damn liberty, right? Yeah. Uh, long live liberty. How do, you say, how do you say carajo. it? Viva la libertad, carajo. Viva la libertad, carajo. Yes. It's going to be my new slogan. We should make that a t-shirt uh, because I Yo, think it would be that great. That would sell right now. Uh, my team watching. Let's get this done. And um, hold on. Let's see if this video plays here. He, when he goes off on his rant, I mean, I, I think one of the most prolific kind of videos of him that went viral is is absolutely this one. That one's a little scary, no? No, no I think, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the chainsaw represents all the cuts he's going to be yes. making to government, which is freaking awesome. If there ever was a symbol of something to stand behind, it is cover. It, it is cutting bureaucracy. It is cover government wasteful spending. It is cutting all the bull crap that the people have to freaking deal with and just saying, you know what? No more government for you people. We're going to be finally free and able to do what we want. Here's the chainsaw. We're going to take it by force. That's a strong message. I have actually a question about that because I was watching one of these videos where there was like a dry erase board and he's he has like all these different government agencies and he's like throwing it out. He's like ripping it off the dry erase board and saying like this, the like, afuera. yeah, afuera, like out, out, like the EPA out, like environmental protection agency, no more, like all these things. And I was curious, I'm like, what is he, what does that actually look like? Um, Freedom. We're like, about well, to find can out. Can you explain, like, <laughs> how is that uh, different and how can that, like, how can we, I can't even see what that means. Like, I want to see what that means. I mean, it would be great if we did that here. That means that you no longer have a government agency controlling things. So um, he's he's a big proponent of the free market. And what that means is that companies will be able to um, decide for themselves, like, where they trade or who they do business with as opposed to a government entity making that decision. At the end of the day, it's always humans that make these decisions. But you want to know who that human is and what they're aligned with. So if it's a government, they're going to be aligned with their own interests and not the interests of the people. I got an important question for you guys, because obviously the the decades of living under pretty harsh socialism and, and inflationary pressures, uh, you've got a lot of people that have become reliant on the state just because they're so destitute. Mm -hmm. What is his plan, if there is one, aside from giving them a, a more stable currency to use in the U.S. dollar and and also opening it up to competing currencies, which is all great, no no disagreement there. I am curious, though, if, if he has to rip away all of these social network uh, or social uh, safety net programs, does that create a potential coup? Like, what does that do, do you think? Well, uh, he was clear this during the campaign because obviously taking those decisions is kind of harsh, especially when people like rely and, and depend on that. If you take it just like that without having taken care of them first, uh, they're going to starve to death. 
I mean, that, that is not practical either. Yeah. So he did say that he's going to close all of those agencies and uh, basically these subsidies are, are going to stop. But at the same time, he said that we're going to start with giving like Argentinians the, the opportunity to basically like work to, you know, like th there's going to be so much in the market that these people are going to voluntarily start leaving those uh, social plans. And, and I mean, after they leave, it's not like, okay, you're going to come back. You know what I mean? So right. it's going to be cut in a way where like like after people are not uh, needing that anymore yeah uh, with he, all of the economic opportunities that they you know that should arise after mm -hmm. he, he talks about a three-step plan so it's not the way that you know i think us libertarians we sometimes discuss like we just want to get rid of the state today and i i think that the way he's proposed it is like a step down program so he talks about the first layer is um, making sure that people stop starving to death um, and I think that's a big problem for Argentina. So I think they have a little bit different issues than we do here in the States. Um, and so I think that's like in a, a step down program. So he's going to phase, phase it out. Phase it out. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think that, that liberalizing the economy or opening it up uh, will obviously create tremendous opportunity. And if you have a sound currency, it should it should recover quickly. But I don't think it'll be overnight. And the, the reason I'm concerned is just because, you know, if you had a terrible government in place prior, which you did, mm -hmm. uh Undoubtedly, they have a lot of debt issues. They have a lot of, uh, you know, lien holders uh, that are going to be attempting to collect. And I'm just curious, do you think that they will have to default on their national debt to to free themselves of the old regime's issues? I don't think so. He said that they were going to pay like the debt because he's not going to, let's say, not recognize whatever happened before. He's trying to be as institutional as possible okay. because he doesn't want to. I mean, he's already seen as a crazy guy because of. Right. The, the things that he's doing, right, to be creative and everything. Uh, but I think that the, the way that, that he's going to do it is in a more, like, orderly way. That uh, uh, So he's going to put down the chainsaw like that, and, then, and then be a, a pragmatist. Well, no, I, I don't think he's going to put it down like that. I want but, the chainsaw. I, I, I want a chainsaw myself. I literally there, was there like, I'm going to go to Home Depot okay. right now and just get a chainsaw there, there in here and then <laughs> gas everyone. Oh, that would be really there, fun. There are things where he can actually use the chainsaw. He said that one of the few things that he's going to do like right away is uh, privatizing like the media, for example. There, there's yeah, and that is like propaganda. You know what that means? That's massive. Uh, that is massive. So yeah. I this mean, is why I don't how I don't understand how he won with the propagandized you know nationalized media. media. It's incredible. So, so, just social, social media. media. Yeah. I, I mean, also Argentina that, that doesn't happens. have the CIA. So. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but, but but that kind of happened uh, here with Trump as well. Like he was tweeting, and then you would see even if it was bad coverage, you would see whatever he would put on Twitter on the news. Like mm. the whole day they were talking about Trump. The same in Argentina, they were talking badly about uh, Javier Milei. Right, but I mean, he was making the news. Right. I don't think there's bad coverage. So it we was know that, so. it was yeah. very much a Trump <laughs> phenomenon where the all all press or even negative even press is good press. Yeah, yes. even better. He won by twelve points. Right, the the the, the national vote. Um, if you look at the map, I don't know how many provinces there are I think in he was Argentina. Missing two. No, no, he he, he lost three. three. He lost three, but I don't know out of twenty maybe or wow. something like that. I mean, it was a landslide. It yeah. was a landslide. Yeah. I really think it was his personality, his yes. his energy, and his skits. Him being able to be silly, just to be kind of free flow, kind of kind of just to be in the moment that allowed him to become uh, the pre next president of, of Argentina. One of the uh, one of my favorite videos of him is this one specifically of. 
him using a, a fake replica of a bank as a piñata. Here's uh, the audio. If it's in Spanish, if you guys could translate that, that'd be awesome. Tranquilo, tranquilo, con tranquilidad. Simple. Cuidado, córranse. Para, 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 para. No, para, para, para. Cuidado, no, cuidado. Para, acá, para, 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 bueno, basta, basta, basta. Para, para. An amazing representation that if only we had that here in America, if only, I mean, we had Ron Paul on the national stage come out and say, hey, we should end the Fed. We have Rand Paul saying, hey, we should audit the Fed. And uh, compared to this guy, let's just be honest here. He brought it to a whole other level of using the Federal Reserve as a piñata and smashing it to little bits. He also had this to say, as of course, the, the, the visceral nature of this, I think, was uh, amazing for people, for, for, for me to see in the United States, but for people all over the world that are just being financially and economically robbed. This was incredible to see. And then, of course, he matched his antics with his words, as of course, this is what he promises to do as the next president of Argentina as one of his first moves. I think there's a previous discussion about dollarization. Actually, strictly speaking, it's to get rid of the central bank. The dollarization is an instrumental issue at the end of the day. There are four argumentative axes. One has to do with a moral issue, which is that stealing is wrong. And seniorage is nothing more or less than a swindle by politicians against good people. Therefore, let's say, if we consider that stealing is wrong, one of the greatest thieves in the history of mankind is the central bank. The second point has to do with a technical issue, because in the Argentine case, it is more evident when a product has no demand, its price is zero. So, if the local currency has no demand, then its price should be zero. The equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wishes to impose, the counterpart is that the price level is infinite. Demand and its price should be zero. Equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wants to impose, the flip side is that the price level has infinity. And what do you do with the central bank? Would you close it? At one point you made the joke that you were going to set it on fire. <laughs> well, what you do with the building is a problem of what you decide to do with it. It's a figure. It's a metaphor. What I'm saying is that the institution doesn't exist anymore. I am saying that in the transition, until you can transform the banking system into a free banking system, it will have to fulfill the function of regulating the banks. The superintendent of financial institutions will continue to operate until a free banking system can be set up. And in that idea, if you are president in six months, ten months, one year, all the bills in circulation in Argentina would be dollars? All dollars, yes. Wow. And Bitcoin. Yes. And <laughs> cryptocurrencies. And Bitcoin. Yep. Specifically, let me let me go off for a brief second. This is this for uh, an old school libertarian is so effing awesome. I can't say what I really want to say until I'm on Rumble. I'll let it, let it loose later. Look, this guy is a straight up Austrian economics professor. Like what he was doing there was econo Austrian economics 101. Well, he also has a very interesting past that we're going to get into that we could only get into on Rumble. Yeah, well, as well, well as Martha's uh, past and videos that we're going to be playing as well <laughs> that are also just as just as salacious, by the way. So stay tuned for that for Rumble. Sorry, Clint, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, this is really breathed life into my optimism uh, in a way that 
I didn't expect. Uh, obviously, we had Martha on a few days ago, and I, I agreed with her assessment that once it was a runoff and it was down to two candidates, particularly with that endorsement, he was likely to win. I still found it extraordinarily hard to believe that the election would be legitimate and this guy would actually win the presidency. He is uh, about as radical as they come in terms of rhetoric uh, in action. Who knows what he'll be? But the fact that the people, a, a nation with nearly 50 million people, voted for an anarcho-capitalist. That's me, folks. That is so nuts that they, like, that you could have the majority of the, the, the country actually vote for that, particularly given you know how impoverished they are and that they are really entrusting, they're putting their belief in a, in a messenger that's saying, the state is not going to save you, but I can help you save yourselves. That's such an empowering message. It's so inspirational that this has actually happened. And if he succeeds, if he turns Argentina into the Hong Kong of Latin America, America. My God, what a what a paradigm sh- shift that is for the globe. It is it is it's impossible to overstate how how meaningful this might be. And think about what it'll do for America. If we are watching Argentina go from this hyperinflation nation where people are starving, where people don't have opportunity, where the only opportunity comes from the state, and he manages to turn that around. Imagine what that'll say to the American people who are being told by our political class that the only way to succeed is if government is doing it for you. The only way to save money for your retirement is if the government does it for you. The only way to trade is if the United States government is standing in the way signing those trade agreements. The only way to save the planet is if they're the ones doing it. All of those things, all of those lies that they feed us will be debunked if Javier Milei does it. And then I will turn it to you because I know that you want to tell us what this means for uh, Latin America too. <laughs> Thank you. That is actually a really good point. Um, I, I mean, if you guys follow the politics in Latin America, you realize that Hugo Chavez, the the one that, got, uh, that was president of Venezuela, he kind of became this regional leader. Uh, after he got to power, then... That's our hardworking team working behind the scenes. That's our audio engineers. So that could maybe explain to why we're having uh, some of the issues here uh, because we can't explain it. Uh, I'm so sorry, uh, Esteban. Uh, go ahead, continue um, where where you just left off uh, because we, we didn't lose you. Um, that, you know that that quickly. I, I I found it right away. Again, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, new equipment in the mail. We're gonna have to figure this out because I updated everything. I tried to fix everything, and then uh, I don't know. It just still 
sometimes has little hiccups. The hiccups are going to be 10 seconds long. Just wait a little bit, and then we'll show you more of our team working behind the scenes trying to fix it <laughs> as that happens. But Esteban, sorry, go ahead. What does this mean for Latin America? I, I mean, I, I think Javier Mille has the personality. I think if he succeeds in Argentina, he's going to become this kind of uh, role model for those uh, politicians in other countries where... Bro, that, that ain't just Latin not, America. He's inspirational for the rest yes, of the yes, world. Yes, but, but, but I mean, given the fact that he speaks only Spanish, sure, you know, sure. it's going to oh, be, it'll be way more, more influential yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Latin America. And basically, that is what happened with Hugo Chavez uh, when he was in power. He became this uh, product or he, this celebrity. He was a celebrity. Everybody wanted to be like him, like if you were on the left. So I think Javier Milei can become that uh, for, for the other side of, 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 of the political spectrum. And... Only if it succeeds. Yeah. I think and I'm confident that we're going to see them politicians in Bolivia, in Ecuador, in Mexico, trying to copy his policies, maybe his style, like up to a certain point. And if that happens, then Latin America probably starts like to switch at, actually into something that is more, uh, let's say, like free market approach. Yeah. Because in Latin America, we have an issue. The ones that we call center right or right, they actually govern as leftists. Right. I was talking to him. Mauricio Macri, he was center-right. Uh, he imposed price controls. <laughs> a lot of subsidies. And, you know, stuff like that. He's, Sounds like he, Donald he was, Trump. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, man. <laughs> 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 but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when you have these people being the right, then what is the left? Right. So well, that, that, that has been the issue, is that there yes. really is no right. But uh, quick question for you. What is what is the difference between Argentina and Brazil? Uh, Bolsonaro was a similar figure. Uh, obviously, he wasn't offering you know free market e economics. He was more of a of a protectionist, kind of a more, more Trumpian. Um, then Lula comes in and he replaces him. They go right back towards socialism. What what would be necessary to prevent Argentina from reverting? Is it, just, is it immediate success is what he has to see? I mean, he, he has to start showing successes. Yes, at the beginning, I'm not saying everything, but people need to feel that they actually have money in their pockets, that they are not starving anymore. That, that There was a saying um, when, when Mauricio Macri became president, and it was something like, uh, now you cannot buy a salad, you, you cannot buy a steak anymore. Uh, if people can buy a steak again... I mean, they're going to be like, okay, yeah. I can actually feel the difference, so I'm going to give another shout out to Javier Milei. Canar con bistec. <laughs> exactly. Bisteca es muy bien en Argentina. I love the, the, the steaks in Argentina or something that I hear are just totally it's out amazing. of this world no, and, no, yeah, and, and, and something it's that amazing. I personally have always had on my bucket list to travel to in order to see, as well as the Iguaza Falls. And I think uh, the, the latest developments here are probably going to prompt us to go down there uh, I've already been in talks with Max Kaiser. I don't want to just say too much, but we got some interesting things happening here on this independent media broadcast. But uh, I, I wanted to kind of turn the uh, the questions back at you guys, more specifically Esteban and Martha. There's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be happy with this. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to stop uh, Javier. There's already corporate media attacks on him, like CNN, who wrote that it's Javier's, the far-right outsider who is bringing doubt to the Argentinian peso. And uh, you didn't need him to do that. The Argentinian peso was already a crap hole before he took power. He's not even in office yet, and they're already blaming him for the peso being devalued, as, of course, it's already been record levels of devalued many times over. So what do you think is going to be the biggest thing standing in his way? As, of course, he also has been a member of the World Economic Forum. We're going to show the that picture in just a little bit here. But what do you think is going to be standing in his way uh, the most?
most, what's going to be the thing that is going to be his biggest obstacle? Yeah, the biggest obstacle is going to be not winning immediately. And I think all these policies are going to take some time to to take to become effective. I mean, you can't just overnight fix a country. I think it takes some work. And yeah, I mean, he was sued at one point because he told people to start saving in dollars and they came after him and said that he was causing the the peso to to fall and it's like um i'm pretty sure you didn't need javier for that it, it was already there it was already you know going down and very worthless so i i think that that's what they're going to keep putting you know as as his downfall is that the the peso is going away and good because who's going to use it anymore uh, in, in addition to that I, I also think uh, he needs to understand what he's facing the left in Latin America is, I mean, the, 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 the ones that you, it's not only, not, not only they're powerful. Here, when you look at uh, groups like Black Lives Matter or like Antifa, like we can call them extremists and it's okay. Over there, that is the rule. It's normal. Like the left acts that way. So, yes. That's I, I, scary, they man. are criminals. They, they, they founded this group. I don't know if you have ever heard of El Foro de Sao Paulo, the Sao Paulo mm -hmm. Forum. Uh, basically, this was um, a new way of doing politics in, in Latin America. Uh, they said that they needed to abandon the traditional uh, communist ways. And I, I, mean, I mean, it's a strategy that we're seeing now of, of, of the left, you know, like dividing people instead of social uh, classes and other types of divisions. Yeah. yeah. And it was founded, again, in Sao Paulo, in Brazil. It was founded by Lula and Fidel Castro. And Hugo Chavez was kind of their test. And it was successful because he connected with people like in a different way. Uh, in Venezuela, I mean, they, they did take a, um, a traditional approach in the sense of talking bad about, you know, the rich and whatever. But they also started finding enemies like outside of Venezuela, the United the rich, States. Like Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, <laughs> Lula da Silva. Yes. I mean... Uh, yes, I mean, Bernie Sanders also talks about against the rich and, and you know, the millionaires. Also, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, also super rich with exactly, multiple yeah, houses. Exactly, yeah. so it, it, it's normal. So they decided to, besides winning elections in one country like Venezuela, to make it an international movement. That's why the whole region is now under right. under this leftist. Well, try, to speak, leftist. try to speak in the mic a little bit if you yeah. can. That, Sorry, that's, yes. That's yeah. what communists uh, usually do is they want to have a, a global communist framework. So these people yes. were so successful in that that region of the world. Why not expand? Exactly. So um, the, the same that they also founded a Grupo de Puebla like, I believe, like three or four years ago. Um, it's kind of similar, but they're taking more of a progressive approach instead of the traditional like socialist approach that they took in Venezuela. So they're fighting hard for this. Um, we had the second most powerful person of the Venezuelan regime, Diosado Cabello. Years ago, he talked about Las Prisas Bolivarianas, like, how would you call that? The Bolivarian wins or something. It was basically uh, financing riots, violent riots mm -hmm. uh, in other countries that happened in Chile, that happened uh, in Colombia, that happened in Ecuador. Like when they were opposition, that's when, when they are opposition. That, that is when they are the most dangerous because since they're not in power, they're actually going to do everything they can right. to make the, the country a mess that yeah. is impossible to govern. That is what's going to happen to Javier Milea. He needs to be prepared for that. He knows wow. that. He knows the whole situation. I'm confident. He actually said, you know, I'm not going to allow any of those riots, any of those um, attacks on private property. And if they come after me, they're going to have to take me out dead from La Casa Rosa, which is like the white house of yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pink house the would pink be in house. this pink case. House. Yes. <laughs> yes. The pink house it, it is pink. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I mean, if he understands this and if he actually has any strategy to face it, then he's well, going to succeed. This is exactly what Nayib Bukele faced in El Salvador, and he ended up cracking down very hard on the cartels. It sounds as if it's it's tough because I know as a libertarian, uh, he's probably not interested in, in you know, putting a ton of people behind bars, but it may be necessary given that he's probably going to be facing, you know, revolutionary style leftists, I, I would imagine. That's yes. based, based off what you yes, said. Yes, 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 yes. The, the, the issue here, uh, and sometimes people, especially here in the U.S., I would say they don't understand. is because, I mean, we wanna, we can say whatever we want about the U.S. I know there's a lot of flaws like in the justice system. We, we are seeing it. Of course. Recent, but it's not the same as Latin America. Right. It's not even close. Like, if you tell a, a Venezuelan or a Colombian or an Argentinian, oh, yeah, we know your problems. It's like, no, you, you guys, you have no <laughs> idea. So, yeah, um, the, the same issue with Bukele. A lot of, there's a lot of criticism. I mean, yes. Oh, this guy is authoritarian. How do you fix that problem? Right. How do you fix that problem? Because I can also argue. It's the, it's the murder capital of the world. What are you going to exactly. do? Exactly. <laughs> not anymore. But I can also right. argue. I mean, if you need to be in your house at 6 p.m. because you're going to be kidnapped or murdered if you're on the streets, you're not free either. No. So yeah. what do you put down you gotta, on you a, balance? Find you, a balance? You need to be a little bit pragmatic about it. You know? Yeah, there's no there's no kind of liberty in uh, mafia gang-controlled areas as well. Exactly. Even though the mafias and gangs usually rule things a lot better and more honestly than the government, <laughs> that still doesn't really still matter. You're still, you're, you're still not dealing with a, with a good uh, situation. But I was going to bring up Bukele uh, in, in just a little bit here. I want to read some of the Rumble rants. We got one by E. Radley, who says, quote, I enjoy your respectful interactions with your guests. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that we got another one here from Christopher Conwell says Luke's the boss thank you so much for that Lone Wolf 36s said I'm so happy for Argentina if he can survive the deep state he's going to make so many lives better we dream of that change here uh, very good point there Lone Wolf 365 we got Eric who also uh, gave some super chats talking about Rumble thank you so much Eric we really appreciate that we got another one here by Insight of the ages saying how does this track with them adopting the dollar that's a very interesting question we got another super chat kind of related to that with from uh, sleep is the cousin of death saying pegging to the u.s federal reserve equals anti-fed question mark what do you guys think of those kind of criticisms saying hey he's moving from one inflated uh currency to another inflated currency as of course the dollar is also being hyperinflated and printed out of nowhere even though it is still the reserve currency uh backed by the petrodollar that is used in trade for energy globally. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's going to be a problem. I think for any country to go from being able to print their own money to the dollar, there's going to be issues. Um, I don't think that every solution that, that Javier Millet has proposed is going to be 100% and completely effective. Um, when you have a currency that is going through hyperinflation, you need to stop the bleed. And I think that's what he's doing here. Is it the right solution for the rest of the, you know, Argentina's future? Probably not. Um, so what do we do with this? I mean, it's kind of sort of working in El Salvador, and I hope that that's something that we can look forward to working in Argentina. Again, only time will tell in, in my view. Yeah, the, uh, another issue that, that we need to understand is that in Latin America, there's usually no uh, autonomy, like, among these institutions. So the central banks are usually controlled, even though they say... There are always exceptions. I believe in Mexico they have a really like independent central central bank, but for the rest of the region, it's like I mean, if you dollarize, like you're US? actually you're, no. Okay, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. No, you cannot compare it. Like 
Yeah. It's not even it's close. It's just like to, our justice system. To, exactly. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. Uh, for Latin America, dollarizing is actually saving lives. So yeah. I, I wouldn't even try to compare. I mean, again, I understand all the flaws that the dollar has. I understand that it's, I mean, the same uh, fiat money and whatever. But they're going to be saved if they start using dollars instead of... It, it is the world reserve currency, and over a long period mm -hmm. of time, if you compare it to other currencies, it actually has been performing pretty well comparatively to all the other currencies on the world stage, which I think is also important of, of note, as it is the currency that everyone uses. This is more of Clint's wheelhouse. Clint, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is... Because it's the reserve currency of the world, this... We, we export our inflation, the U.S. dollars that are used by all of the other countries all over the world, that actually absorbs. It creates dollar demand, which mm -hmm. means that our purchasing power is strengthened. So in Argentina, um, I think it's very interesting because what he's doing and, and the position and platform he's running on, in my estimation, puts him very much running afoul of the powers that be uh, both in the United States and basically the, the the global controlling elite, the neoliberal world order, whatever you want to call it, he's he's very much bucking that trend. So it's it's a fascinating tactical decision, not just because it stops the bleed as you described in terms of inflation, but also it means that they're going to absorb a lot of the U.S. dollars that that will help with the inflationary pressures in America, which ultimately puts him in in the good graces of the. U.S. central banks as well as the U.S. government to a, to a large extent. It's a very fascinating uh, dynamic that I think may be uh, a little bit more tactical than people are giving it credit. So I'm I'm skeptical. Obviously, I would like to see him you know fully open it up to Bitcoin and every other decentralized currency. He has said he intends to. I think this is an interim step, and I think it's a it's a necessary one. You cannot rip the bandaid off entirely. You have to take interim steps. I think he's as radical as this guy is, he's behaving in a way that I probably would, and I guess that's why I respect it. <laughs> I mean, I'm personally more uh, kind of optimistic about the Bitcoin approach here, as, of course, the price of Bitcoin went up also. And Stacy yep. Herbert, Max Kaiser's uh, better half, actually came out and tweeted this. This is the Bukele model, and it, quote, is sweeping Latin America. Economic liberty plus Bitcoin plus security plus vision equals renaissance. And uh, there's been a lot of promises made in El Salvador, and I would say, on average, the life for the average person in El Salvador definitely has uh, improved under Bukele, who is the president there, and also running a presidential campaign as his position of power is also being questioned there. He also... Uh, pissed off a lot of people at the World Bank in the IMF that weren't happy about him implementing Bitcoin as their kind of reserve currency. But um, is that the way to move forward? As, of course, a lot of people have doubts here. A lot of people have speculations as Javier Milley has been listed on the World Economic Forum as a participant of their organization and their conferences. Is this something, as well as his support for a lot of other kind of more aggressive foreign policy efforts. Is this something that concerns you guys? Or uh, this is something that we talked about last night with Jackson Hinkle. It doesn't really matter because Argentina doesn't really have that much of an influence of influential foreign policy. I mean, in that specific case, he's being asked this question precisely because uh, a lot of people are kind of doubting like where he's coming from. But he said that he doesn't have any ties with the World Economic Forum anymore. Like, it was just at that time and whatever. Can, can, can and, I give some details on that real quick? Yes. It, it was uh, 2014. There was a World Economic Forum uh, convention in Argentina. He was asked to speak. He spoke out against central banking. And he was never invited back again. 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he has it this uh, in the past. Like he has, this, he doesn't I, I, have I bring that up because there's a lot of comments um, going on in the chat right now being like, he's a World Economic Forum stooge. And I see all the photos and I wanted you guys to specifically address that. As, of course, the World Economic Forum puts a lot of individuals on that participation list who don't always want to be on that participation list. But uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. we just had him in the show and he, he had to sue to get his name removed from that. So there there's a... a, a a lot of people that are being tarnished, it's kind of like the, the Epstein flight log. It's like, yeah, there's a ton of like really bad people that were on that thing. And then there's probably some innocent people too. So like just you know, uh, have uh, some to be discernment. Honest, I, I would also ask the people questioning this, if they were given the chance to speak about whatever they want right. in these big platforms, would you take it? I would. I probably would, I would but like, I would go up there and I would argue against the, me, the globalist me, elite. And the there that's what he did. There you go. You need to take advantage of the opportunities. As long as you don't uh, like consider your principles, and I'm okay with you. Exactly. Like, oh, if I get invited to Telesur, which is like a, a, a public uh, TV controlled by the left in Latin America, mm. uh, oh, uh, should I say no? I don't think so. Yeah. As long as they let me speak and say whatever I want to say, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. I've he spoken on RT, for God's sake, so I don't oh, care. There you, you go. <laughs> he went to the World Economic Forum to talk about how terrible central banking is, and people are upset about this. It's like mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I think I think it's I understand and I actually appreciate everyone's skepticism. You yes. should not trust politicians. Absolutely. I agree. However, <laughs> however, give the guy a damn shot. You know, he he and what's the alternative? The other exactly. guy was a complete leftist. He was who the has finance minister that presided over 140 percent inflation. It's so funny. They were making fun of, of his campaign because they were saying Sergio Massa is promising to fix all the problems, all the issues that some guy named Sergio Massa created. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's ridiculous. We got, uh, we got a bunch of other super chats that we should probably get into. One from Christopher Conwell saying, these two beautiful, intelligent women discussing, discussing politics will definitely keep me coming back. JS. Thank you, Christopher Conwell. Really appreciate that. Thank Zachary you. McCoy. <laughs> Gave a super chat asking, what is her OF? We will tell you her that she does, she does, she does have one. And we will be playing a video from that on rumble.com forward slash we are change. In just a few minutes from now, we will be playing again, not family friendly show on rumble, family friendly show here. We will be playing those videos I'm here Martha's in, biggest donor, in, so. in just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, that's that's not a surprise uh, from my perspective here. Eric gave another uh, super chat saying censored. We are changed censored. Uh, and another one saying rumble today. Yes, we are going over to rumble in just a few minutes from now. Oh, They may want to talk about the DDoS attack on rumble. Did you hear about that? Luke? Yes. And then there's a bunch of lawsuits against the media matters that have been officially filed. There's been a lot of strikes uh, launched by Chris Pavlovsky. I was trying to upload my members uh, video. Couldn't today because rumble was totally down because it was under yeah. a massive DDoS attack. So uh, lots to talk about when it comes to alternative platforms. You haven't signed up for Rumble yet. What are you waiting for? Sign up for an account. Use a dumb... If, if they are asking for a phone number, are they asking for a phone number? They didn't ask me for a phone number when I, I signed up. That. I don't recall but, uh, but if they do, use a Google phone number account and um, just, just do it that way. We got another super chat here by Delta Tango saying, happy for Argentina and hoping that we are as lucky soon. We don't have much time left. That is very true. John Mer 
Harris sent a black flag. That's cool. We really like that. Eric gave another super chat saying hashtag 420. That uh, probably is related to Martha. Martha has a very interesting business that we will be talking about on Rumble. She's a very uh, interesting uh, lady, to say the least. And we'll get into all that and videos. Uh, very soon. We got another one here by Fountainhead Forum saying, I have had 23 people on my show talking about Malay, including Esteban and Martha. This is the democratic capitalist equivalent of the Bolshevik revolution. I will have more people talking about him. Yeah, I, I do believe the conversation is important because if you look at the corporate media's coverage of this, CNN, Washington Post, they're all attacking him. They're all calling him a far-right Donald Trump-like candidate. Now, Donald Trump did congratulate him on, on Truth Social, but I think there's a lot of big differences between him and Donald Trump. What would you guys say would be some of the biggest differences be, between him and uh, Donnie Boy? Ooh, big one is that he actually knows about economic theory and he believes in freedom. I mean, so so you're huge. saying he's not going to give two thousand dollar checks and handouts like Donald Trump did <laughs> and allow the country to be locked Ooh. down and print six trillion dollars? Yeah, I hope not. I mean, that's one of the first things he's taking off the off the board. He's no longer able to print money to just print money because he won't control the central bank and he won't control the dollars. So. so he won't be giving secret Federal Reserve bailouts like Donald Trump did during <laughs> uh, those years when everyone was getting. Getting sick, he's Listen, not going I to be doing that. I don't need the MAGA crowd coming after me. Okay, he like, won't be. He won't not... be brow, browbeating Jerome Powell to get the Fed funds rate to go down because of uh, because of a lockdown that was totally unnecessary based off a guy that he put in charge uh, to alleviate the issue that he created. That then he lied in con uh, to Congress in front of. Uh, <laughs> will he be doing any of that? That we funded that we funded the original creation of, especially with the Echo Health Alliance, and then probably released everything on purpose to control everybody and subjugate everyone's liberties and freedoms. Ha Javier won't be doing that okay, no. okay. <laughs> you, know, you won't be working in wuhan i think no. that there's a clear difference between these candidates although Sorry, go they ahead, both guys. have yeah. crazy hair so there are some different some some similarities and um Dope comb overs yep and apparently they both have a way with the ladies but we'll get into that oh, yeah. later, we'll get into that later. His, his girlfriends um he he has a very interesting past he does um, a very checkered and interesting past that i can't wait to get very into. Tantric. we can't we can't we can't talk about it here <laughs> Clint, control your your potty mouth here. As of I course, said exactly. You can't say that here. Okay. As, as here's here's the here's the image of uh, Javier at the World Economic Forum. Not looking too happy, sitting there himself, kind of uh, looking uh, a, a little bit um, inquisitive, to say the least here. But uh, yeah, he also down. he also says a lot of things that we, we can't play here on YouTube. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of other things and, and, and news that we can't talk about here. Again, we're going to move that conversation over right now to rumble.com. If you want to watch us, all you have to do is just go to rumble.com forward slash we are changed and we are right here or just go to Rumble. They have been very nice to us. They just put us on the front page and we are right here where we are going to be continuing the conversation and showing Martha's videos that are going to be. You know, I, we can't even mention. We can't even mention where the videos came from here. We'll get into all of that plus a lot more. But I want to thank everyone for their super chats. I want to thank everyone for sharing this link. I want to thank everyone for also becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Members will soon be able to call in on LukeUnfiltered.com in about 30 minutes on Rumble to ask raw, unfiltered, unvetted questions live to everyone watching. So I'm very curious and interested to see what you guys will be 
asking us in the spur of the moment. But uh, as of right now, thank you guys so much for, for being a part of this independent media broadcast and supporting us and being here for for us. Before we go over, we got another uh, super chat here by High on Caffeine saying, greetings from Argentina. I think he gave a 3,000 peso uh, super chat. I don't know uh, how that's much. A, that's a quarter. That's like that's, that's a, that <laughs> might be. Just, that might I'm just be giving you a hard bucks. time. I appreciate the donation. Saying uh, Melee is not part of the W O F. I think he meant to say E F. He is against it. It was a ho- it was hard to defend the votes due to fraud and people stealing or destroying his ballots. But we did it. Melee had great speeches. You should watch. If you need someone in Argentina to contact, just let me know. Viva la libertad, car- carajo! Viva la libertad, carajo! <laughs> that was very feminine uh client we got to say it with the machismo there okay right, i'll say, I'll say <laughs> okay. it more and i have other curse words i want to say in spanish that we can't say on here <laughs> eric just gave another one saying hey shiv and uh and and said um censored yes we are censored here on YouTube, but of course we are not censored on Rumble, where things will get very, very spicy from here. Before we transition over, Esteban, where can people find you really quickly? Uh, Esteban DHR. Martha? Bueno for Miami. Clint? At Liberty Lockpot on Twitter, Liberty Lockdown on YouTube and Rumble and uh, Tower Gang as well. And if you want to support my work, libertylockdown.locals.com. Steph? Steph, we are change on Insta. All right, everyone watching on YouTube, it's simple. Rumble.com. We're on the front page. See you there right now. Sign up, start an account. A lot of people just don't go over. I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? Stop supporting Alphabet. Stop supporting Google. Stop supporting the censorship of speech and go towards a platform that is literally fighting for your right and ability to stand up for you as a human being with dignity, with speech, with truth. Now it's time more than ever. Get off this horrible platform. Go over right now. Not now. Right now. (laughs) Rumble.com. Just go to that website. Sign up. Subscribe. We're going to have a lot of really amazing content coming your way. That's going to be uh, very funny, bombastic. And as you know, if you watch these shows for the full two hours, there's a world of difference between Rumble and YouTube. As now, we are officially off of YouTube. There's a 20-second delay here, and uh, we are still... Streaming, we're still going. And Martha, I am going to be loading up your OnlyFans videos. Oh, thank <laughs> very, God. very soon. I've been waiting Clint, all control day. Control yourself. Uh, <laughs> it's not what you think, but it might be what you think. As of course, let's get into the real. Javier. Play them, play them, play them, Hulk. play them. Control yourself, man. Control yourself. Simps sink ships, Clint. Okay, I already, I, already know what it, I already know what it is. So oh, uh, he really has watched it. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just playing along. I just went, no, I know the content. I know what, I, she's described it she's before. I know it's incredible. Yeah, it's like I'm next to a superstar. Okay, I want to. I want to. I wanna, control, Clint, come on. I want to play this. Uh, I told you we have fun on Rumble. This yeah, is why so, you need to sign up. Hit the fucking subscription button. Yeah, yeah. Sign the fuck up. Okay, it's easy. Just fucking click, sign up, and click the subscribe button. I, I want that. I want that phallic green fucking dong that they give out for a hundred thousand subscribers. We're gonna have it here on this table. We want it now. And uh, let's get over 100K subscribers here on Rumble. As of course, we're going to have some big things. We, we probably are going to be going down to Argentina. As of course, this is this is a major victory. This is something that we need to talk about a lot. This is something that we need to spread the news and awareness about since this is a major victory. A lot of people don't celebrate their victories. This is a time. 
celebrate your victories. And here is a more unfiltered, uncensored speech by Javier Mili. Zurdos, hijo de puta, ahí tienen. Las pelotas voy a pedir Estado. El Estado metete en el orto, la concha puta de tu madre. ¿Sabes qué? Me lo paso por el orto el Estado. Tomá, ¿sabes qué es esto, hijo de puta? ¿Sabes qué es? La bandera anarcocapitalista, ¿sí? La bandera de los liberales libertarios. El amarillo tiene que ver con la capacidad de generar riqueza, es decir, el oro, ¿sí? Y el negro tiene que ver con la anarquía. ¿Sabés dónde voy a pedir Estado? En la c*** de tu madre, zurdo. Zurdo, sí. How can you not be happy with such energy, with such a man That's who now dope. is a leader of an entire country? Holy fucking cow, shit's about to get really interesting if they don't fucking assassinate him and try to take him out. But fucking hell, grande mele, muy bien. Fuck those chupa pendejos, maricones in fucking government. Fuck those assholes. Fuck the banks. Fuck the multinational corporations. And long live Libertad. Fuck yeah. So yeah, that's what I have Tell to say. Tell me how you really feel about that. So um, was that subtitled? Yes, yes, it was. yes, Somebody yes, actually yes, had to yes. do that job. Do you want, do you okay. want to try to translate yeah. it? You can show, no, no, it, show it up your mother's cunt is one, one thing yeah, he said. Yeah, he says a lot of like he's going to wipe his behind with the, like, yeah. he's, the state. I think it's amazing. We really need a politician in America to I, do the same. I don't think people understand how profound this is because like the only guy that sounds even remotely like this in my lifetime in America has been Ron Paul. And Ron Paul wasn't talking like that, folks. This guy, this guy is more radical radical sounding in delivery probably then Ron Paul and he sounds more crazy than Donald Trump he is he is a hybrid <laughs> of the fucking the most like alpha bonkers shit I've ever seen in my life and it is thrilling to witness he is oh, as entertaining say, honestly yeah it's entertaining but no I swear when I'm watching this guy I think of like those telenovelas <laughs> like, I'm like, how is this real like, how is this, this guy's like an actor in some ways yeah. He, he is. He is. He's like. He's like Donald Trump. If Donald Trump said things that we actually wanted to hear as yeah, like yeah, libertarians, yeah. like if Donald Trump got up there and it was like you know China and blah blah blah, but he actually said it like the things that we want to hear, that's Millet. Yeah, he says it with fucking conviction too. There's no fucking hesitation. It's just pure raw fucking energy, just right to you. And he doesn't hold back. If someone outlined his positions, his positions are fucking dead on. He he called the Pope a filthy leftist. Fuck yeah, he's a dirty <laughs> filthy fucking. Commie. I'll fucking add to that. The Pope is a satanic, pedophile, dirty motherfucker who does not give a fuck about anybody except for the larger fucking connections that he has to the globalist class, as well as the Rothschilds that he is participating with when it comes to his revisionist history of fucking capitalism. He's up to some evil, fucked up shit. Fuck the Pope. He also came out and said that he wants that that redistributing stuff. Put the put the browser on. That he said redistributing redistributing wealth is a violent act. Fuck yes, yes it is. He called climate change a lie of socialism. Fuck yeah, yes it is. His government philosophy is that you can't give shit to leftist uh, shit left. Excuse me. Let me correct that. You can't give shit leftist an inch. Yes, you can't give him shit. <laughs> he pledges to end the central bank of Argentina. His views Based. on China is that he doesn't cut deals with communists. Based. His views on abortion, something that I personally align with, other people won't align with as well. He also says that Mickey Mouse is the aspiration of every Argentinian politician because he is the disgusting rodent whom somebody, <laughs> who everybody loves. Perfect analogy there. And again, 
Him and this fucking chainsaw <laughs> is the energy, is the vibe that we fucking need more than ever. Fuck yes. I'm very happy. Let's celebrate this victory. And let's go to Argentina. Who's moving down for to real, Argentina man. with me? Because vibe like, let's fucking arts. go. Vibe check left arts. This is the this is the new energy. This is the energy of 2024. We're bringing in hardcore anarcho-capitalist shit posting energy where we talk shit to the Pope and it goes viral. And the whole the whole corporate media comes out and says, "Oh, you're racist. You're sexist. You're this. You're that." We're like, "Yeah, we're gonna end the central bank. How about that? How about that? It is fucking thrilling to watch this guy. It really is. How about them apples? Yeah, for exactly, real. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that the Pope is Argentinian and he is like. Fuck the Pope. <laughs> he had to apologize I, at the debate. New shirt. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> at the debate uh, between him and Massa, he had to apologize, apparently. I guess because the majority of Argentinians are Catholic, he had to issue a somewhat of an apology in Argentina. So um, I don't think he's as able to speak out as we like to think. Well, of course, he's also trying to to win an election. Right. I had no idea that he actually uh, came came out and, and apologized for his speech. What did he? Do you know what he said exactly? Because uh, again, he, most of Latin America, especially the more south you get, especially in places like Chile, overwhelmingly Catholic. But this Catholic pope is an absolute worshiper and executor of the globalist class. Literal business participation with the Rothschilds, literally calling for open borders, literally calling for LGBTQ policies, all the woke ESG dehumanist policies he fucking calls for. So that's why, hey, if there's anyone to call out, let's call this asshole out who clearly is not being a good Catholic. Uh, uh, clearly. Uh, uh, and not only that, because sometimes, you know, these type of policies that, that you're mentioning, they are kind of cover for or they're trying to be portrayed as something human you know i'm gonna be let, let's, let's talk about climate change i mean it's about the environment you know it's about yeah. something that is good if you if you talk about it uh, against it oh it's because you hate the environment or something like that you can go even more basic with the pope because for example he went to cuba uh, i think once or twice he met with the dictator, with Diaz Canel and with Raul Castro, but he didn't meet with, for example, Las Damas de Blanco, who are like a group of women who fighting for liberty, fighting for liberty, and they oppose the, the regime. He's like, oh no, I'm, I'm not. He gonna didn't meet with, with the people who are starving. He didn't meet with the actual people that he claims to to be there with. He meets with the leaders, and he has a long history. Both the, him and the previous pope had a long history of entertaining. Raúl Castro and, and Fidel Castro. So you know, it's how can you meet with these people? Who are killing people? Who are murdering people? Who who deny them their their basic human rights? Who are putting them in jail for their political ideology? I mean, it's just it's disgusting. And honestly, I'm so glad that Javier Milei called him out. Yes. I'm glad he called him out on Tucker. And I'm sorry he had to issue an apology. Honestly, yes, uh, uh, he accepted he accepted a gift of uh, from Evo Morales, the former president of Bolivia, which <laughs> the, was like a communist, yeah. what was like a communist uh, symbol. I don't remember what he had. But he had like the the hammer and the and the sickle. Yes, uh, of the communist symbol. But, but there was something else to it. I don't know. He was so happy, you know, when he received. It. You cannot <laughs> say that this guy. From... You cannot say that this guy like his balance or whatever. Oh, it's because he was a president. No, he's actually a communist. So Javier Milei is right on calling him for what he is. People don't understand how how monumental this is. Given, I mean, you guys have already described it, but just let me emphasize it. The almost the entirety of Latin America has dealt with either full-on communism or socialism takeovers for decades. Yes. And this this is the pole. I can't emphasize enough how much the polar opposite this is. This is the complete abolition of the state. 
Do you understand what I'm saying to you? <laughs> this is fucking crazy. It's such a 180 degree shift. I'm I'm fucking praying for the guy. Look, we do do we want to get into the him converting to Judaism and how he want, his first trip is going to be to Israel? Do we want to talk about all that or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. I, I I also had an article pulled up specifically about his tantric sex coach past as well as his ghost dog, as, of course, uh, the Daily Mail is reporting that he had a very colorful life, to say the least. But what, what did you read up on him, specifically when it comes to him converting to Judaism? Yeah, is that so, true? Yeah, so he's got, he's got a tremendous affinity for Judaism. I don't, I don't personally have a problem with that. A lot of libertarians are taking this position that, like, oh, he can't be trusted because he's, he's so, showing so much allegiance to Israel. The reality is this. Argentina doesn't have much of a military. We've talked about this uh, yesterday with Jackson Hinkle. I, I think that his, you know, his neoconservative tendencies or his his vocal support of either Ukraine or Israel is very secondary to his domestic policy. I don't envision him actually contributing, you know, military assets. They're they're recovering from essentially what amounts to a, a an inflationary depression, like the fucking worst economic situation you can imagine. So I I'm gonna set that aside. If he if he ends up being some sort of warmonger as an anarcho capitalist, I will be fucking stunned. It would be totally bizarre. Now he wants to convert uh, convert to Judaism, and he he reads. Uh, the Torah every day. He has a bunch of advisors that are Jewish. He wants to, his first trip as a statesman, as the president of Argentina, he wants to go to Israel. This guy does have a fucking a weird allegiance to Israel that I don't really, I can't really wrap my head around, but I don't think that's enough to discount everything else that he's saying rhetorically. Uh, so I'm just curious if you guys have any thoughts. Yes, the, the, there is a different, and, and that's why sometimes it's important to, to understand like the context that we live in in other parts of the, of the world. In Latin America, when it comes to, let's say, to a conflict like uh, the one that we're seeing right now in the Middle East, there is an ideological um, approach to it. The people on the left, they're always against Israel. Mm. For whatever reason, like you can say it's because they have money, because a lot of people say that, or you can say that it's because, um, I don't know, they, they, for example, in Venezuela, the, the current regime, like they have links with um, terrorist organizations, like Hezbollah has presence in, in Venezuela, like where I'm from, in, I'm from an island wow. called uh, Margarita, yeah. like the drink. And yes, <laughs> that, that way it's easy to remember. Uh, and they have delicioso, yes. Uh, and the island is amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but they have presence there. Like they have, uh, they are allies with Hamas, like with all of these groups. You are, you see people in the with government ISIS, with that have MS-13, like, with all of them. They have yeah. all of these. Like, like high positions in, in, in the government and, and they, they come from these countries and they are linked somehow with these terrorist organizations. Yeah. So he's siding with Israel. I don't find this surprising. There is again an ideological reason for that. Right, it's um, kind of a reactionary. I mean, Hugo, Hugo Chavez, he said, "Maldito sea el Estado de Israel." Like he said, like, like fuck he, he, the, the oh, state of yeah, Israel. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, and he call, they call them like uh, uh, murderers or, or whatever. So the left is always, uh, when it comes to Russia, the same, and and that's why this guy is with Ukraine. It's not that we love Zelensky. Yeah, Zelensky's a corrupted right. politician as well. So and, he's he's an anti-leftist more than he's in alignment with those countries, and kind of sounds like a reactionary position more than a principled one. I mean, it is reactionary, but but again, when you look at who are the people that are with you in that um, in that turmoil that that is Latin America, I mean, you're gonna see that you're gonna get a lot of support from the Jewish community. So right. yeah, we have to be the, the same with me. I'm not supporting Zelensky because I like Zelensky. It's not even that I'm supporting him, you, you know, like, like at all. But I hate Putin. <laughs> like he has presence in Latin America. One of the in Venezuela too. There's a lot of reports that say that we couldn't, we weren't able to get rid of uh, Nicolás Maduro, you know, in 2019, 2020, in great part because of 
like the, the role that Putin was playing there. He kind of forced Maduro to stay in power. Interesting. So, yeah, he, he I mean, the, the current president of Argentina, since we're talking about, about Argentina, he, he told Putin, I want Argentina to be the gate for you to enter Latin America. He's already there. But this is the level of um, yeah. Putin finances. Yeah, Putin finances, <laughs> and Russia has a long history of financing a lot of leftist governments in Latin America, which probably is why Jackson Hinkle really likes Vladimir Putin, there since he's a communist as well, and he wants more communism on the world stage. So you do see a bigger kind of partnership now between China and Latin America, Russia and Latin America, and now you see Bukele say, hey, uh, not Bukele, excuse me, Javier say, hey, uh, we're not going to have any of that BRICS stuff here. We're going to be independent of that. Now, uh, his kind of conversion to Judaism I, I think maybe cost him the, the Nazi vote in Argentina, since I hear that <laughs> there's a big voting block of, of, of those blonde hair and blue-eyed individuals who just are mysteriously there that a lot of people can't explain. So, uh, you know. Hey, hey they, ended uh, up, they ended up getting us to the moon, so they did some good things, too. Come on. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. But, I mean, think about the also big FU to, to the Catholic Church that he's doing by converting to Judaism. I mean, I think that there's probably some of that in the way. If you're, if you're literally talking about the pope being the yeah. devil how could you possibly stay as a catholic a roman catholic in argentina i mean i think he has to make this change and to, to clarify too there there has been other high-ranking uh i don't know if they're priests or what the the level is there's this very famous one in latin america who who describes the pope very similar to how javier Malay does that he, they think he's the antichrist so like I understand it's it is just odd and the timing of it is like well you have this war Israel Palestine and you have him saying he wants to convert to Judaism and he his first trip to Israel I understand why people would be like all right this is a little strange for a guy who's an anarcho-capitalist which by its very nature means that you're going to be non-interventionist why are you taking such a hard stand as opposed to standing with the innocents on both sides of the war that would be the more standard libertarian position he is not taking that I think it's interesting it's worth it's worth keeping an eye on I'm just not going to discount everything else he said he's also coming to america first so mm -hmm. it's it's america and israel and i think that you can also see that as just who really controls yeah. but, the but, world but, but, but he said it, no no he said it since the beginning that he wants again in latin america you side with china or with with america of, or with america and he said i'm gonna be siding with america i mean i'm pretty sure he doesn't like the current president to be honest but in in in, in a sense there is like a principle like and there, there are values up to a point, you, you could say yes. Up to a point, I think. I, but th this is why I think he's more of an opportunist and and more of a tactical planner than people are giving him credit. Like they're looking at all this and they're saying, "Oh, you're an anarcho-capitalist, but you're taking a side in a war. Oh, you're an anarcho-capitalist, but you like Donald Trump or whatever." It's like, look, Donald Trump is the fucking odds-on favorite to be the next president of the United States. He's he's much more, and that's why libertarians don't win elections here. Oh, because they're, they're kind of too they're too idealistic. Yeah, that is not the real world. I'm, and, I mean, and I'm sorry. autistic. I'm sorry. Huge <laughs> autism. <laughs> I can tell it. We're too idealistic and autistic. It's true. It's true. But I mean, in fairness, the the whole reason we hold out is because we want a guy like Javier Malay. We don't want a guy like Donald Trump. And then we get him, and here we are criticizing him exactly. over every little thing, yeah. every little decision he makes. I mean, he has to have some faults. There's there's got to be. Something. Of course. And well, the, the the reason I'm I'm bringing it up is because I know the audience is is you know chatting about it. I I already did an episode that's airing uh, on Liberty Lockdown in a couple hours where I I go through all this. I kind of disabuse people of of most of this, but I 
because we are libertarians, we're so fucking accustomed to losing. It's very hard to accept a W. You know, that's that's which just is reality. what I said. I tweeted out yesterday that I finally popped my political cherry. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> because finally, once in my life, I was so excited. And you can to watch that, that on OnlyFans right now. Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a connection. I mean, you know, you know Javier, and he was a tantric sex coach. I don't know if you you, you knew that yourself. Yes, I did. Um, so let's just go back to who Javier Millet is. He was a rock star who also happens to be well-versed in tantric sex. I mean, let's remove- Like an his... actual rock star, like a musician? Yes. He wow. was, yes. Like an actual, like this guy is so cool. He was cool. also a soccer player, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. He's such a cool guy. Like, honestly, how can you get any cooler than a guy that was a rock star, who's an anarcho-capitalist, who like is an Austrian economist, who also- Again, happens to know about sex. Oh, and is in a, per a perpetual bachelor. He's a football player, and he can also hold in his seed for 45 to 50 minutes. I mean, this guy is a fucking legend. He's unbelievable. Honestly. like Yeah, Clint, Clint can only do a couple <laughs> seconds, but you know, it's, it's, it's okay. But his wife, is, his wife is also smoking hot. Is, is that his wife or his girlfriend? I don't girlfriend. know. Girlfriend. Okay, girlfriend. girlfriend, yeah. He also he's is, a bachelor. He, he says that he will stay a bachelor. This guy's dope as hell, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, every guy in America should be looking up to this man. Seriously. He's like, uh, yeah. Where's there, where, I'm converting where you... to Judaism. I'm going to Israel tomorrow. Let's go, Javier. I'll see you there. Clint's hat is going to get a lot smaller until the next show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to. Um, how do we transition this into your OnlyFans, Martha? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Know, I don't I, I've been trying. I'm wanna... like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay. I brought up the tantric sex thing, which brings us somehow we're going to have to convert this conversation to Martha's OnlyFans. I don't know why. How we're do I? Going how do I? I'm, I'm like trying to think of a clever way. How about I just play you guys the video that people subscribed to Martha and specifically uh, paid for her OnlyFans. We have one of those videos. We're going to be playing it right now. And uh, yeah, this is, again, not a family-friendly show here on, on Rumble. We do what the fuck we want. We play unedited Javier Millie clips. We play clips from uh, Martha's OnlyFans. So yeah, if you have the kids... Please send them away here. And, no need uh, to send them away. Uh, now send them, okay. Listen, listen. Any young children and toddlers, <laughs> any young children and toddlers watching right now, Put please get away. Please cover your, if you are an innocent child and soul, cover your eyes and ears. Seamus Coughlin, if you are watching right now, walk away right now. You will not like the images and videos that are very adult. Come and share this broadcast right now with your friends and family members. Seamus Coughlin, run away. Hide. I, I had a I had someone sent me a, an anime of a Bugs Bunny with a, 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 a big fat titties that were covered, and uh, I, I had it outside of the Tim Cast uh, Beanie Castle out the out the window. He was so mortified. He was so pissed off. He's like, "Why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "A fan sent it." And I told my fans, "I'm going to put everything up on the wall." We had some big fake bunny titties. He really didn't like it. So Seamus, if you're watching right now, turn away for your own safety and sanctity. Here is Marta Buenos, uh, OnlyFans video. Hello. Oh, hey, Anthony. How are you? ¿Cómo has estado? Estás perdido. Y vas a perder. How have you been? Nobody's heard from you in the district. I hear you've been a really bad boy this campaign. 
you donated $30,000 to Mickey Steinberg's campaign, $10,000 to Danielle Cohen-Higgins, and $10,000 to Aristide Wallace. All Democrats, but I thought you were Republican. That's so kinky. What a naughty boy you are. Betraying your own political party for personal gain? I've been looking at your numbers and you have some really big ones. That's what she said. Donations, of course. But don't worry, Anthony. I'm sure nobody's going to find out. I won't be telling anyone else. <laughs> I have to say that that was all written by Tevang here, and <laughs> the idea for this whole OnlyFans is yours. So I just <laughs> anybody <welcome>. who has complaints, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely brought us a lot of attention. It definitely made the conversation very spicy. But it's it's kind of a smart uh, political strategy, as of course you, you know this is a way to get donations. Uh, it's also a way to kind of create satire. You made how many of these videos? And, and then go behind some of the strategy here, Esteban, to what you guys were thinking about doing here. We did four videos, I believe. Five videos? Five, and, and they took down one. Four, and they took down one. Okay. Which one did they take down? Oh, the one with the guns. Yeah. Oh, can <laughs> we, I want the gun one. I <laughs> want to see was the just gun. Sort of like shooting and saying, you know, speaking about the importance of, of the second amendment. I can't believe they took I mean, down that. Yeah. Well, when you are running against somebody who has like the full support of a political platform, the other guy, as she, as she mentions in the, in the video, uh, he was a Republican, and he was... Getting he got what one point five or two million dollars two million dollars for a six thousand dollar a year job wow exactly yeah. to be a commissioner here in Miami Dade two million dollars for a at that time they it was six thousand dollars a year now they what was the the, just just to that clarify was what was the political office you were you were running for Miami Dade County Commissioner District Ten District Ten yes so it's the people that control all our financial. Uh, stuff everything but, financial but if you pay time. if you pay two million dollars for a six thousand dollar annual salary position you intend to rob the taxpayer blind Don't ask the questions, to, pay, to pay off the the <laughs> people that gave you those donations potentially uh i'm he's gonna say my it neighbor bluntly. and he's now the vice chair of the of the miami-dade county commission <laughs> i'm gonna say I don't know what he was going to do with it, but I sure made him spend over a million dollars to get that seat. So well, yay me. Yeah. So so the, the whole strategy was, I mean, we, we needed to be, to, to get creative because how do you cope with that? How do you face, you know, a challenger like a or 20 to one raise and a political right. machine? It, it, it's way too difficult. So I, I told her, I mean, the only thing that we can do, especially since we're running a really clean campaign. These guys had, had a play in this. <laughs> So the only thing that we can do is uh, get media attention. Yeah. That that strategy wasn't to actually get donations. It we got, got, you, like got you media attention. Too. And, then, and then correct yeah. me if, if I'm wrong. You guys were the first kind of political campaign to use OnlyFans. Is that true? Yes. 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 There was uh, no uh, other. At least that we know of. Yeah. Yes. That we you know degenerates. I know. They <laughs> paid for a concert. That's what the but donations that came is in. True. That is true. That is true. I'm never going to financially recover from her campaign. I, 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 I took a second mortgage out of my house. I just kept sending her money. I was like, there's going to be a nude here eventually. There never was. <laughs> and there never was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so so basically, um, we, we did get the the media attention. If you know how the media works, if there is a news that is important, you're gonna see like three days on the news. We were two weeks. We yeah. were talking. Yeah, we were getting All invited over. to. It was local. It, it, it was, was national. It was, it was like international. international yeah. Like 
everywhere. Like, like we're talking about podcasts. We're talking about uh, like mainstream media, radio. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was even, brilliant. It's yeah. a Semana in Colombia. Like, e e even in another country. You have to tell them what that is, though. Se Semana would be it's like... It's like the Wall Street Journal from, from yeah. here. I was yeah. in the mm. Colombian Wall Street Journal equivalent. Yeah, it yeah, was amazing. It, a whole page, it was something too. crazy. She was with uh, Laura with Crowder. She yeah. was yep, in Univision, in Telemundo. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Every I got five minutes on Univision, which uh, their ads that their ads cost for every thirty seconds. It's over ten thousand wow. dollars, and I got a full five minutes. So, I mean, the amount of money that that represented, it, it was just that's a hundred grand right there. Right, just there's for no five way. There's no way I could have come up with that kind of publicity. Any other uh, political aspirations for you? No. No, no. Uh, I think that uh, unless we can get a Javier Malay and, uh, you know, here in the you States. You can be your Javier Malay. I'm not as colorful. <laughs> no one is. You yeah. have an OnlyFans. <laughs> I mean, my hope is maybe somebody like a Spike Cohen and a Justin Amash. I mean, what better candidates than a Jew and a Palestinian put together to, you know, kind of fix this country up a bit, um, especially because they are anarcho-capitalists themselves and libertarians and why not? So um, I would throw my full support behind them. I would definitely run their campaigns, but, or help in any way possible, especially the Hispanic outreach. But myself run again, I think I've been cured, honestly. <laughs> yeah, politics is a pretty dirty game. We got a super chat here, uh, excuse me, Rumble Rant by Lone Wolf 36S saying, making up here for stupidity, giving 30% to shit tube. Really appreciate you, Luke, bringing on such excellent guests. Thank you so much, Lone Wolf 36S. I really appreciate that. As of course, if you do give a super chat to YouTube, YouTube takes 30%. That's why we have created mysuperchat.com, a way for you guys to give super chats that actually show up on the screen for 3%. And there's also Rumble Rants. Rumble also takes a cut, but I would rather the money be going to Rumble rather than YouTube. So we are, of course, keeping an eye on all the super chats and all the Rumble Rants. We're going to be reading as many of them as we can. As Of course, I think it's important to, to keep the conversation going in a way where you guys could participate. And one other way to do that is, of course, to sign up to LukeUnfiltered.com. And as a member of LukeUnfiltered.com, you guys actually get to call in live, uncensored, unfiltered, and ask us or the guest any question you want. And we actually have uh, someone who says that they want to call in. This, of course, is Chris Baker, and I'm going to call him right now. So I'm starting the phone call. You guys probably will be able to hear us and... Chris, how are you? Can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you fine. Yeah. Hey, it worked. First go. This is amazing. Hey, Chris. Yeah, nice picture, Luke. Yeah. Hey, Luke, I'd love to have your grandma on my show sometime. She's got some stories. My grandma has some absolutely wild stories. I'm trying to fix my camera. My camera went haywire again. Hold on. I have to uh, turn it on and off. I forgot how to do that. I'm going to do it a little bit. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Grandma has some crazy stories. She survived uh, the Holocaust. She survived the Soviets. She survived uh, a lot of uh, different things in her life. And she is one of my uh, inspirations that uh, truly does uh, keep me going. But uh, yeah, Chris, do yeah. uh, you have any questions for us or any of the panelists that we have here? And if you want to turn on uh, your video camera, feel free to turn on your video camera as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll see if how well that works. Sometimes it makes the calls go. Uh, I'm wondering about that arm, that guy from Armenia who's a good friend of Miles. Uh, is it 
Eduardo Uricon or something like that. Uh, I'm not familiar. You know, because we've we've all kind of been wondering who's funding Melee. You know, it's because uh, he's obviously getting money money from someplace. Because I, I, you know, I I do worry a little bit about the some of the some of the Zionism crap. But I, when I watched the last debate or the, the or the debate with five of them, four of them all said I stand with Israel. So maybe maybe Argentina is even more cut than America is. As bad as America is, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I mean, but but I don't think it's going to be that much of a deal. You know. Well, I figure too. There's probably some, some, uh, yeah. What's that guy? Probably some regrets over being a haven for. Oh, Eduardo, E U R N E K I A N. Have you guys ever heard of that uh, person, Eduardo yeah. Canyon? I don't know. I have never heard yeah. of that person personally myself, but uh, maybe we could look up the funding for uh, Javier yeah. Milley and see how he compared to his opponents. Um, I don't yeah. know what those numbers would look like, but those numbers are usually very telling because usually the people who do finance the campaigns are usually some of the biggest representatives of those campaigns. And um, it'll be interesting to see who was be- behind uh, Javier. I tried to offer Javier money uh from here, and I wasn't able to. They don't take outside donations from outside. They don't of want Argentina. your dirty yeah. OnlyFans money. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's problem. Problem. They didn't want money from outside of, of Argentina, so I don't know who he is, but he just probably has to be from Argentina or have funds within Argentina. Yeah, he's well. He is. I guess his parents left Armenia or something. And he came to America. It's uh, kind of funny. He looks like he's interesting too, because he looks like he's actually an Armenian Jew, which is kind of a uh, kind of interesting because. Uh, most of most Armenians hate Israel right now because of what they've been because of how Israel's been buddying up to Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, yeah, it's all very. Uh, you know, I've said this is the this is the democratic capitalist version of the Bolshevik Revolution. I really, I really think it could be that significant. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that I, you phrase it phrase this, it that way. Why why democratic capitalists? I mean, well, it well it was by voting. Okay. And it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's, and it's cat, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a vi- it wasn't something like Pinochet. And, right. Yeah. It wasn't I, a yeah, I, I do wonder of the government, I guess. I'd like to believe that democratic democracy and capitalism can be go together, but so far they haven't, that hasn't worked. Well, as long as you can vote uh, away your, uh, your wealth uh, or yeah. you can steal from the, the wealthier, it tends yeah. to be that people start to vote away other people's wealth. And that's been the trend line with democracy, oh, yeah. which is why I, we're not supposed to be a democracy, but we are apparently. Yeah, I know. Well, you, I guess you could call it the Republican, the Republican capitalist version. I mean, you know, it wasn't a violent. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, though. Uh, I, I think I think it's fair to say we're a kleptocracy uh, and a craptocracy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of crap all over the place and politicians who don't give a fuck about you who are essentially selling yeah. you down the river, acting like, uh, you know, the people stealing the silverware on the Titanic as it's fucking sinking and you're locked down below yeah. without any mobility being able to get or move anywhere or do anything else. Chris, thank you so much for being a member of LukeUnfilter.com. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. calling in. Anything else you would like to say or ask? Uh, not really, Luke. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes call it a post-democratic system, but yeah, I, I hope that this all works out. You know, maybe we ought to consider moving, you know, and I, 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 one thing where I do disagree, I, I, I'd love to debate Dave Smith at Open Borders sometimes. 
Dave's a great activist, but that's one area where I think he's wrong. Well, Dave is going to be Dave Smith is going to be on the show, so you as a member will be able to call in and we'll be able to have a conversation with him. I think that's going to be awesome. I love debates. We had a debate yesterday. We had a debate about Israel Palestine two times now. We had Jake Shields on. We had Jackson Tinkle on. We had uh, Ryan Black on. We had so many different perspectives and arguments, and uh, it's really cool to be a part of a place where we could actually communicate in a way where it's adversarial, but we're still not assholes to each other. We respectfully disagree, and we're able to share ideas that don't align with us, but we're able to give the audience those ideas to decide which ones are the strongest and best of those ideas. So thank you for for being a part of that, Chris. Thank you for being a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much for calling in. And if there's any other members who want to call in, again, all you have to do is sign up on LukeUnfiltered.com. Once you do, you get access to a private Telegram channel, and then we will reach out to you and call you. Also, as a member of the Telegram channel, you guys get to send us our articles and videos and things to react to, which we will live here as the show goes on. But uh, let's kind of uh, continue the conversation here. As of course, there's so many other things to talk about. I don't know if you guys feel passionately about one thing or the other, but there's a lot of Derek Chauvin news. There's a lot of geopolitical news. There's a lot of people saying that who is going to be the next president of the United States is absolutely not going to have any kind of larger influence and power here, as of course, it's, it's pretty clear here in the United States that the president is just essentially a larger representation of a puppet that does the work of the international globalist banking and corporate class. There's also an Ed Krasenstein tweet that uh, is not aging too well that uh, Clint sent me as well. There's a lot of legal lawsuits and a lot of very interesting fights happening for free speech, especially when it comes to X and Rumble that are going after media matters that I think is also worth talking about here. As of course, we are right now on Rumble, a a platform that we have partnered with, a platform that we are working with, a platform that truly has been standing on the side of free speech and doing some really awesome and incredible things that do deserve our participation in. Because if it's not Rumble, who else is it going to be? I have my own website. It's lukeunfiltered.com, but it's not available for a lot of people. I don't have the bandwidth. I can't pay for the, the larger kind of infrastructure as Rumble is paying for it right now. And it has some really incredible individuals that truly did survive the test of the larger attacks against free speech. And I think they are worth fighting for as uh, truly they're one of the biggest players out of all of this that are actually able to land some major hits against the narrative and make some big impacts in our society. So personally, shouts out to Rumble. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up for one of their accounts. Follow us here because we're going to have a lot of really exciting content coming here your specific way. But any of those issues that I brought up, Derek Chauvin, the next president of the United States, geopolitical news, Ed Krasnstein, which ones do you guys want to get into? I just want to mention real quick about the the Rumble DDoS attack. Uh, also, Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble, has said that he's going to be joining Elon Musk's lawsuit against Media Matters. Uh, I think what we're seeing, it's quite clear to me, I'll, I'm open to the panel if they disagree with me, but it seems quite evident that they are being hunted because they have thrown off the censorious shackles of the three-letter agencies that were deeply implant, implanted uh, within Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the major social media platforms, including YouTube. Let me make that fucking crystal clear because those pieces of shit have modified their terms of service at the direction of the state. I would bet my life on it. Uh, and now you have X that goes private. You have Rumble that's that's defending free speech, willing to actually put their, their capital on the line, face major lawsuits 
levy major lawsuits. This is this is a real battle, and it's it's really devastating to me that this is happening in America, where you actually have companies that are trying to just function as a free speech, open dialogue platform, and they are facing a, a multifaceted attack from every angle, but it's clear that's what's happening. I think the DDoS attack could be state actors. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. Um, so I'm just curious if you guys disagree, agree, what do you think? I actually agree with you. Um, we come from countries, I don't know if you guys know, but she also lived in, in Venezuela. Yep. Uh, so we come from a country where uh, in the name of information, on in the name of the truth or whatever you want to call it, they censor a lot. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's kind of worrying to see, not, not politicians trying to do it, because I mean, politicians always yes, try they to... They always want Exactly. To. I always say politicians are not people, right? I don't think they are. They're something <laughs> else. But... When lizard you look people. at people, <laughs> these are people. <laughs> when you look at people justifying this and actually celebrating yep. this type of policies, uh, that that's when I start getting worried. Uh, in Venezuela, uh, we had uh, Hugo Chavez walking. He had a show uh, every Sunday called "Alo Presidente." Alo is the words that that, that yeah. we use, like yeah, uh, hello. hello. Well, yeah, it's, it's not hello, but it's only for phone calls. Hello. <laughs> so it was called "Alo Presidente," and at some point he just started walking on the streets. What is a building? Oh, that's, I don't know, whatever. Okay, seize it. You know, nationalize it. Expropiense. Wow. Like he would say it on TV, just like, you know, that, that was like, it. Like, take it. Like, what is it going yeah, just take I it. like your hat. It's mine. But the that's issue, crazy. the issue is not even that. The issue was the people around him, like, clapping, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, celebrating that. Yeah. And then when you, you look at the crisis we have right now. So when you get the support of the people on these policies that are obviously bad, I, I mean, don't you realize that if you let politicians, um, control hate speech because they, they, they cover it with that. You know, they're not censoring you. They are keeping hate speech away from the conversation exactly. because we're nice and yep. um, polite people. So we, we don't need to to give space to hate speech. Well, who decides what is hate speech? I can tell you uh, that if you say no. that I'm ugly, I mean, that is hate speech. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. We, we also if got you, some other notifications here from uh, Chris Pavlovsky. Let's turn on the browser, Steph, as he just said. Truth Social just filed an unprecedented defamation lawsuit incorporating 20 media companies. The tide is finally turning. Corporate media and activists are going to feel the heat. Yeah. As, of course, he also sent out a lot of other tweets telling individuals of a particular organization to uh, get ready to keep their records. As, of course, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of lawfare. And there's going to be a lot of fights for free speech. And uh, shouts out to uh, Chris Pavlovsky. I was very... Uh, hard on him when he first came out when he went on the Tim Cast show. We we didn't we didn't hold anything back. We went at him pretty significantly, and uh, he kind of held his own. We got to give him props where props is due. As of course he is the main guy. He is the CEO of Rumble, and he is allowing a lot of voices that wouldn't have a voice if it wasn't for him. So shouts out to him for standing up against the French government, standing up against the UK government for not censoring and taking away Russell Brand's money. So. Shouts out to uh, Chris Pavlovsky and all the stuff that he's doing. It looks like we also have another question from Solid Snake. Um, I don't know if that's a real name or not. Uh, I don't think so, but we're going to call him right now, and we're going to see what he Mickey wants Haley to uh, ask us. 
Okay, he didn't he didn't pick up here. We're going to keep trying. Uh, anything else you guys want to say on that particular uh, uh, note? Yeah, I just wanted to add to what he was saying. I think that's that's been the most disturbing uh, trend for me, or, or what I never realized. Like I realized that kind of some Orwellian dystopic hellscape could definitely arrive on American shores. I didn't think that it would be fucking cheered. You know, like that's the it thing. always is. I know it's that's always so crazy to me. But I mean, think right, about uh, it. We hold on. We finally got the phone call here by Solid Snake. Solid Snake. Uh Our team of audio engineers are doing, but it doesn't seem like they're trying to help us here. Uh, as of course, we had some audio difficulties here from uh, Solid Snake. Maybe we could try you again. What you have to do if you're on Telegram, you have to go into the left hand corner side and then click settings. Once you are in that settings, you click on call settings and you make sure your audio inputs and outputs are working so we could actually have a conversation with you. As of course, my camera also trips out. Again, uh, I think what we're going to do is a wish list of all the equipment we wish we had. And if you guys have any of that or want to donate, donate it or buy it for us, we would greatly appreciate it. As of course, we're probably going to be transitioning into the OnlyFans model. Uh, as of course, <laughs> a lot of OnlyFans, uh, women do that as well. Uh, but fuck it. If, if it works, it works. I mean, and, you've been working uh, out. You could probably, uh, I, I, you could probably I, I get been. some chicks and some gay men to pay. It's it's overwhelmingly gay men. It's overwhelmingly <laughs> just like gay dudes being like, show us Luch, your wiener. Show us your feet, uh, Luke. There's, Come there's, on. there's a couple of MILFs out there, but uh, you know sometimes the juice is not worth the squeeze, if you know what I mean. Can we talk uh, about right, that? Right, right, Clint? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, Luke. Uh, can, can we talk about that stupid Krasenstein tweet for a second? 
Yes, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. And this is Ed Krasenstein uh, that said, you want to read this, Clint? Sure. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was not a hero. She was an example of someone who was unfortunately brainwashed into doing something she thought was right. It's sad. It's something that shouldn't happen, but she definitely is not a hero or a martyr. What she did was absolutely wrong. She was warned not to enter, yet she still did. No one should be happy that she lost her life that day. It's like... It, it's literally intentionally provocative tweets like this from fucking the Crassian brothers that drive me up the wall. So what was she like? So it's okay that they killed her? Like what uh, no, is no, no, no. He's, he's crystal clear. It's not okay, but she's also not a hero. I don't know what he's trying to say. So what's the point? He's just trying to piss everyone off, I think. I guess. He yeah. found a way to piss everyone L- off. L- let me say this. I, I don't think that Ashley Babbitt's a hero either, to be honest, but... You know, what Did she he was say doing, this after he, we found no, out that today. they were walking people through the Capitol and the like, police officers? Today. So, like, he doesn't address the actual no. issue. He's just coming up with some bullshit. They, they He's never saying do. things to be inflammatory so it gets attention, so it gets clicks, so he gets advertisement revenue from Twitter. Yep. And he's he's a master at it, and he, he has a way a of saying something very controversial and then kind of walking it back in the other kind of text right below it and then people don't read him kind of walking it back or, or going into something deeper but he ha- he says something they say something very provocative it gets everyone's attention it gets everyone riled up and then uh, of course this this brings up the engagement and now we're talking about the Krasenstein so. I, I know I got I got sucked into it but this one really upset me alright so the, the reason I bring it up is like I don't think she's necessarily a hero I do think she was standing up for what she believed and I think she was a peaceful person she didn't actually do anything really wrong um, so I think that she is a victim of police violence and I think that that's that's what upsets me most is that the people on the left that look at her and and she was shot point blank by a cop from literally point blank it was like a foot away directly into her neck uh, she was harmless she was unarmed she was not a threat to anybody and yet they celebrated as if she was some sort of violent insurrectionist when she clearly wasn't in fact if you actually look at the video Krasenstein you piece of shit uh, you can you can see that she's actually trying to get people to not go after the elected politician she was actually a peacemaker in that setting and she was shot and murdered for it in my humble opinion I can't prove that per se uh, wink but <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was no no legitimate investigation to the cop that shot her, and and I think that given that 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 exact twelve month period, we saw nothing but riots because of police brutality, and yet the left, Krasenstein being of the left, to just downplay it and describe it, she's not a hero, she's not a martyr. You're a fucking asshole. All right, I'll leave it there. I mean, typical of the left. Coming from Latin America, this is just the typical leftist rhetoric bullshit. And right. you know what? I'm I'm still surprised that he's not gay. me too (laughs) i mean i saw this is nothing against anybody at all i just i'm still in shock i honestly thought he's the most effeminate man i've seen in a long time and i hope that hurts his feelings it looks like we might have another call from uh, keith we're gonna try to talk to keith now keith how are you we talked to you before i think your settings are gonna be good good to good to have you on the show can you hear us yes i can hear you Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we, we right. hear you loud and clear. How are you, Keith? Good. Uh, greetings from Belize, and uh, it's a lovely day out here today or night. Um, anyway, my question is: Do you think that uh, money can be fixed? Like, do you even think, even if uh, Bitcoin was adopted generally, or or gold, or whatever, can, um, isn't the world in such a state that it's used to all this free money? To a degree that it's, uh, you know, like everybody's an addict for this uh, free money. All the corporations, all 
all the infrastructure that we rely on is uh, reliant on this uh, magical fiat currency. Yeah, very, very good question. Of course, a lot of people want their quantitative easing crack hit, but uh, I'm going to leave the economic questions to Clint. Clint, what do you think? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The money can be fixed. Uh, all you need is a fixed supply. You just need a cap. And and your point is well taken, and it would be extraordinarily painful in the short term economically, particularly for the power brokers that benefit from the fiat system that get these trillion-dollar handouts periodically. Uh, but what that, what that amounts to is inflating away your hard-earned savings, making housing out of reach for, for young people. Uh, it is ultimately a massive detriment to the average person, and it, it is only to the benefit of the, the ruling elite. So, uh, yeah, it would be challenging. You might have a, a sharp recession, but it would be remedied quite quickly, and then we could actually build a sound economy based off of real economic fundamentals. It'd be tremendously powerful. So uh, I would not. I would encourage you not to be, uh, you know, too pessimistic. I think that if we were to actually migrate to sound money, we would have brighter days in front of us. What do you guys think? I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, also, how can you have free money when you have a decentralized coin like Bitcoin or when you use gold? I mean, it's a finite mm -hmm. resource versus the dollar, for example, which we can just print away and inflate away. So um, it, it's it's almost like a trick question in my mind. It, you can't have both. If you have sound money, you can't have this free-for-all. I agree. Um, it is possible, but I don't think it's easy. Uh, th there's a lot of uh, concepts that maybe we need to overcome because people... You know, since they can touch the dollars, and maybe that sounds a little bit stupid or superficial, but they can see the dollar. They can touch it. If they go to the bank, they're going to be like, you know, I have money. I know that I have it. Why? Because I can take it out. The issue with Bitcoin, you, you know, the, the fact that it's not something, let's say, tangible, it makes it a little bit harder for, for people to, to get it. But I think eventually... If you look at Latin America, let's go back to Latin America, the two countries that uses uh, Bitcoin the most, guess... Uh, probably Argentina and I say El Salvador. Argentina, Venezuela. Venezuela, uh, El Salvador. Okay. Argentina, Venezuela. Nailed it. Yes. Because it's it the worst and, and it wasn't even in post.
sound crew so unprofessional uh i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do with the sound crew very not professional at all so um goodness gracious yeah they just don't like to work well you know what, what, can, what can you do uh anyway esteban finish your your points of view here well basically i was saying that he forced it on people okay so i mean imagine that you're a small business owner and you had to invest in this technology just because the government said you know you need to accept bitcoin right. that is the only issue that i have with this policy yeah. should have been voluntary i agree yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, like in venezuela and argentina it's almost like people exactly. will voluntarily adopt a better mm -hmm. currency yeah the problem is that they they the exponential uh, uptake curve only occurs during hyperinflation if it's done uh, voluntarily but I'm fine with that. I want people to come to it at their own volition. I don't want it to be forced down their throat. So I agree with your critique. Play more fart noises. All right. All right. Outro. Outro, guys, really quick. 
Yeah, uh, outro. Where right. can we find at, you guys? At Liberty Lockpod on Twitter, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, uh, Liberty Lockdown. Search and find me. I got a new episode dropping tonight at 1030-ish. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Liberty Lockdown. Check it out. Steph, we are change on Instagram. Esteban. Esteban, DHR everywhere. Uh, bueno for Miami, and don't forget, ourgood.com for the best Delta 8, fastest Delta 8. They've been helping me sleep. They're fucking, it's a great product. Thank you. Yeah, not a lot of things help uh, Clint sleep, uh, especially... Other than your mom. That, uh, <laughs> dude, and our good. Yeah. There you go. When you can't get uh, Luke's mom, you get... You're barking up the wrong tree here, Clint. It's good. Uh, you're, there's going to be retribution here. Oh, no, it's no, going no, to be bad here. He's going to shoot the hell out of me. Oh, uh, I do shoot Clint at least once and a week. Martha. And Martha. Yes. Uh, we do. I took him to tactical training. And